Hi, this is David Shade, and today I am very honored to be speaking with Lucia, a relationship expert. Hi, Lucia. Thank you for speaking with us today. Thank you so much for having me, David. Well, did I describe you correct? A relationship expert, is that right? Sure. I mean, you know, an expert is someone that knows more about a certain topic than most people, and I would put myself in that category, so that works for me. I went to your website and started reading it, and I thought, wow, this woman knows what she's talking about. <laughs> and then when I emailed you, you told me that you had heard my interview years ago with David D'Angelo. Yes. What did you think of that interview? Well, I remembered it because uh, mainly what I remembered was the fact that you talked about escalation. And I had never heard about that before. About what? I didn't hear you. Escalation. Uh-huh. Escalating. I don't know if that's what you called it, but that's what I call it. Where you, you know, if the, I think this, the example you gave was if the woman is in, at your place, you know, you don't just jump on her right away. You know, first you're like, you might take her hand and caress her hand and then get up and go do something, then come back and touch the back of her neck, then get up and go do something else. You know, and I'm like, oh, that's very interesting. And I also knew that that would work. So I'm like, okay, I got to keep a note of that. Oh, very good. Very good. And I probably talked about the it just happened clause. You have to make look, it just happened. Uh, the man has to take all responsibility for what happens. He has to move things slow and easy. I agree. Well, that's an example of the man leading. Women uh, expect the man to lead, want the man to lead. Yes, for the most part. They definitely want someone who's going to take charge because that's what men do. And women, they if they're in their feminine, they prefer to sit back and uh, just relax and let the guy take charge. Like I remember one time uh, I was with this guy. We were in San Diego and we had a dinner reservation. And it was raining and all these people were lined up to get a taxi and we were going to be late. So he went out there out in the street in the rain and he grabbed a cab for us. <laughs> all right. A hero. Very good. Exactly. That's the way to do it. And that's what, what I mean by take charge. And uh, I find a lot of people don't, a lot of guys don't do that. Um, you know, I, I'm Italian. I was born in Italy. I spent my t- 20s in Italy. And so I'm used to the guys there. They're very um, appreciative of women. And they always carry their bags. They always pay. And they always take charge. And uh, I find that a lot of American men don't do that. It, like if I'm carrying a bag, a heavy bag, I mean, I go to the gym. Of course, I can carry my own bag. But why should I? <laughs> And so if I'm with a guy and I have a heavy bag, I hand it over. Very good. And you said that was where in Italy? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Men are not like that in America. No. That may be why I'm still single. (laughs) Yeah, in America, it seems like they're a bunch of metrosexuals or wussies or I don't know what. Well, I mean... Yeah, metrosexual is okay in terms of the looks. As long as they have, have a take-charge attitude, they can look as metrosexual as they want. Well, I'm not talking about looks when I say metrosexual. Okay. I'm talking about uh, some kind of ultra-modern guy that's for, forgotten what it's like to be a man in the traditional sense. Right. No, you have to be a man because that's what attracts a woman. We don't. If we want to date women, we would date women. Exactly. All right. Tell us about what you do in your work on your website, please. Okay. Well, actually, I have two websites. The main website is theartoflove.net. And there I give general advice to both men and women on dating, love, and relationships. And then a few years off, a few years ago, I actually um, started to specialize in cougar relationships. And that's, of course, older women, younger men. And um, I received a lot of publicity for that, and I ended up being called the Queen of the Cougar Jungle. And you can find the link to that all at theartoflove.net, the link to uh, the Cougar Club website. Yes, I came across your website recently going through other things, and I was very impressed with the advice that you're giving at your website. And I thought, wow, this lady really knows what she's talking about, and I want to talk to her. Uh, I also went through your videos on your cougar website Mm -hmm. and it's great advice that you give to women interested in dating younger men all right so we have a lot to talk about well you know the whole cougar thing that sounds very interesting now i know you've talked a lot about that and probably tired of talking about that and answering questions about that 
No. But it's basically women over 40 interested in younger men, at least 10 years younger, I believe, is the number. Right. And it's advice that you give to women who are interested in doing that uh, and your support group for them. Uh, you teach them the do's and don'ts about that. Uh, you did explain in your podcasts and in your videos on your website the advantages of doing that. I do have one question. Mm-hmm. You say younger men, they... They have less baggage. They're more open-minded. They're uh, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was thinking, well, wait a minute. I don't have any baggage. Uh, I'm completely open-minded. I yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. I thought, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. But, I, but then I thought, you know, I'm probably pretty rare anyway mm-hmm. uh, among men over 40 or over 50. But am I dreaming? Uh, or are there well it's it's not just the the lack of baggage it's just also the energy the energy of the person their attitude and um the fact that them you know they're not as judgmental and they're just about having fun it's that kind of attitude because usually as people get older and they have more responsibilities and more failures in life they tend not to be so optimistic and not so uh, happy go lucky so to speak so it's just more of a fresh, innocent um, attitude that I'm talking about when I say they have less baggage. I see. I see. It's all about their attitude. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you also mentioned that, uh, what are the, I'm trying to remember the actual wording, but it's along to the effect of uh, they're more optimistic about love. Yes, because they, have, they haven't been hurt as much, so they're still um, idealistic. And what I thought is... The women around my age range, they're very jaded about love. They're very hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's been disappointing. Now, I can certainly understand a mature woman not wanting to deal with men that are hurt and jaded about love mm-hmm. after being hurt. And they're very suspect about getting into another relationship. I can understand that would be very frustrating. I find that very frustrating with mature women. Right. Well, that's, and that's something that mature women have to guard against because, you know, nobody wants to date someone who's jaded, male or female. And so you also have to take responsibility for your part in relationships that didn't work out and realize obviously not everyone is going to hurt you and be still willing to believe that there is someone out there for you. You know, that's some very good advice that you can give mature women. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because otherwise you're just going to end up alone, which, you know, sometimes <laughs> after being hurt so many times, it's like, you know what, alone or being hurt, you know what, I'll, I'll pick alone. But, you know, that's no fun. There was a lot that you could do to help mature women uh, to be less jaded. Mm. Mm. Um, okay, so. Well, they have to, if I can just say, they have to vet the men. You know, if, if you, you know, kind of test them, vet them at the beginning to see what they're about, then they're less likely to get hurt. But what happens is people, they just go with their emotions and uh, they just go for it without waiting to see, okay, who is he really? And then the truth comes out. And if they had just paid attention in the beginning, then they wouldn't have gotten in as they did. All right. You know, when you said that you had heard my David D'Angelo interview, my first question that came to my mind is what is she doing listening to david d'angelo interviews (laughs) hey i gotta know what you guys are talking about (laughs) (laughs) need to know what they're teaching you you know i study everybody Uh, i used to have a radio show for five years i had authors on and experts on every week and i've studied everybody so any dating almost everybody but you know so any dating expert name you throw at me i'll be like yeah I heard their video, I heard their CDs. I'm just always studying. I'm obsessed with the topic since it's such a big part of everyone's life. I mean, I was up till 1 a.m. last night listening to something. Um, I'm consumed with the topic. (laughs) So I wanted to know what was going on. And I remembered your interview in particular because you talked about, um, I'm not sure what you called it, but I call it escalating or escalation where you have a woman over and uh, instead of just pouncing on her right away, As soon as you get her in the apartment or your house, you just go very slowly. And, you know, you said, you know, sit on the sofa and, um, you know, first touch your hand and maybe rub the, um, you know, the inside between her thumb and her first finger. 
That's always a, a touchy spot. And then you get up and you, you know, turn the stereo up or down. Then you come back and uh, you might touch the back of her neck. And then you get up again and do something else. Of course, you do it very subtly. You don't just keep, oops, I got to get up again. They'll be like, what's wrong with this guy? Is he nervous? Um, and so listening to that, I thought that, you know what? That's true. No one's ever done that to me, but I know that would work. So I, I remembered you from that. Yes. Um, very subtle, slow, steady escalation. Uh you mentioned something. Basically, you're insatiably curious about your field and the dating and the relationships thing. I'm the same way. Mm. It's like I couldn't learn enough. And actually, the night before last, I think I was up until one o'clock in the morning watching your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, when I come across somebody that really knows what they're talking about, uh, I delve deep into it. And it was very interesting watching your podcast. And I'm going to ask you some questions about them, too. Okay. So, very good. You agreed with that, that the man should be the man, the man should lead, the man should slowly and steadily escalate. And I added to that that he should assume responsibility for everything that happened. And basically, in my work, I'm teaching men how to be men. Because mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned American men can't do it like the Italian men did, uh, where you were originally from. Right. And, and that's a, such a shame. I think a lot of American men can learn a lot from the Italian men. Yeah, they know how to take care of a woman. Um, so they always pay. They always come to pick you up. Of course, they always drive. Uh, they always make sure you have a ride back home. Like, I would go up to the club with my girlfriend, and we would take a taxi, and we never had to take a taxi back because some guy would always make sure that he drove us home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Okay, very good. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Okay, so what I'm getting at is uh, in America, men get all this social programming about how they should treat women with respect, be nice, uh, all of this stuff. And men, as a result of social programming and how they were raised by their parents, they have lost their manly traits. In my work, I basically try to get men back to being men and that seems to be a challenge but my clients are probably already far ahead of the curve anyway just by the fact that they came to me mm -hmm. uh, but they're doing a great job of being men I think a lot of it has to do with getting over what I call nice guy itis or nice guy syndrome where they're doing a lot of nice guy stuff yes it's basically not being genuine not being really centered in their masculinity so I have to teach guys to own their masculinity. And from that, everything else is going to work. If they can just get in touch with their raw, natural masculinity, everything else is going to work. Yeah, I mean, being the nice guy and doing things just because you think it'll impress her, just because you have to, that's actually manipulation. So you may think you're being nice, but you're actually being manipulative. Yes, so very true. Yeah, and I actually wrote an article a few years ago that caused an uproar and it ended up uh, going viral. And then I started getting calls from radio stations. I was like, what the heck? I didn't even know. And the, the title of the article was uh, 12 Reasons Women Can't Stand Nice Guys. <laughs> <laughs> and the title was, you know, inflammatory on purpose because I could have just called it, you know, 12 Reasons Women Prefer Jerks. But no, nope, 12 Reasons Women Can't Stand Nice Guys because we do want a nice guy, but not too nice. We don't want a doormat. We don't want someone with boundaries. Um, you know, I dated someone and he would let his ex-wife uh, walk all over him and it would just drive me nuts. And then one day I just couldn't take it anymore. And I finally said, that's the reason I don't respect you because you're a pussy and you let women walk all over you. Right. The guy will lose respect. He will no longer command respect. And that is very unattractive to a woman. Yes. All right. And that's probably why he's divorced. A lot of my divorce clients, and myself included, were divorced because we were too much of a nice guy. We lost respect with our wife. Yeah, and here's the thing. You're like, you're being nice because you think you're going to keep the peace and the relationship will last, but you're actually killing the relationship by being so nice because she's going to walk all over you, and then at some point, everyone has their breaking point. You can't take it anymore, and then you're forced to divorce. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Is your article that you wrote, is that still out on the internet? I believe so. It was on your tango. I mean, it still is on your tango, but they changed the title of it for some reason. Uh, but yeah, I think if you Google 12 Reasons Women Can't Stand Nice Guys, I'm sure it's still out there. And it got a ton of 
um, you know, comments. I mean, guys were mad. <laughs> the nice guys were mad. You know, I, I never seen so many threats in my life. Okay, I am definitely going to look that up. Yeah. That sounds excellent. Uh, that's the kind of article that I would quote and uh, refer to my client. Yeah, I'm just looking now. Actually, yeah, it is still still up. Yeah, they... Well, they change it to 12 reasons women don't date nice guys, you know, as opposed to can't stand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Don't date nice guys. <laughs> yeah. no, I love stand. it. <laughs> I love it. All right. I told you I had some questions, and I sent you some questions. Yes. And I'm going to go through the questions now. How did you get into this line of work? You know, um, I've been single my whole life. And I've lived in different cities and different countries, and I've dated in all the cities and all the countries. And um, so this was always a topic I was very interested in because it just seemed like I could never get it right. Nothing would ever last long term, or the guys I was interested in weren't interested in me and vice versa, you know, the old story. And so my girlfriend and I, we would always have conversations about guys, as do most women, and then um, I said, you know, i got to do something, you know, with all this knowledge that I have. By then I had accumulated so much knowledge. So um, living in Los Angeles, I decided to do a public access show. So I started with that. I did that for about three years. Um, and then I started writing articles. And then I did the radio show on Ella Talk Radio for five years. And then when the whole Cougar thing came along, uh, I went on Tyra Banks and I talked about that. And then all this other media started uh, contacting me, e, uh, entertainment. I went on Dr. Phil, I did 60 Minutes Australia, ABC 7 News, just everything just kind of snowballed. And uh, so before you know it, I have, uh, you know, the Art of Love website, and then I was also doing the Cougar thing. Okay, so you found yourself basically answering people's questions about relationships because of the position you were in, and you became even more interested in helping people like that, and basically ended up making a business out of it. Yes, Absolutely. You said you've never been married, and I can really relate to what you said, that you just never met somebody that you really found was right for you for a marriage. And when I look back, I realize that my wife was not the right person for me to select. Mm -hmm. And everybody else I dated, that was the same thing. <laughs> I can relate, and it can be so frustrating and uh, I have a number of female clients, and another woman just posted in my forum just the other day that it's so frustrating trying to find somebody who's the right match. Mm -hmm. They all end up disappointing in one way or the other. Yeah, well, look, for me, I mean, I also have to say marriage was never um, a priority. So I, I'm a, a unicorn in that sense. It's like, you know, most women, they grow up thinking about their marriage, you know, their wedding day, getting married, having children. I had none of that. I was always very career-oriented. I used to work in the music business for many years, doing a lot of different things. And so for me, it was always about fun and adventure and career. Yeah. You never had the strong desire to have children. Never. All right. A very important question that I was really looking forward to asking you is, what do women want in their man? I think we've already covered some of that. Well, I'm glad you asked, because I would be very happy to tell you that. <laughs> So I made a list. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Um, so one thing, it's in no particular order. One thing women absolutely must have on a biological level is they need attention. Women, women's need for attention is as strong as a man's need for sex. I don't, I don't think most people realize that. It's, it's biological because back in the days when women could not take care of themselves when they depended on men for food and shelter and everything else. If they didn't have someone's attention, it's possible that they could die because they wouldn't be able to take care of themselves. So they needed to please the man and get his attention. And when he didn't give it to them, they feared that they were, they were going to die. So that's what happens when a woman doesn't hear from a guy when he said he's going to call or she thinks she's not getting enough attention. Honestly, logically, she knows she's not going to die. She knows she can take care of herself. But the primitive part of the brain thinks, oh, no, this man isn't paying attention to me. I could die. And so, you know, denying a woman attention is just as bad as a woman denying a guy sex. I absolutely agree with that. And I don't remember where I read it, but it was a great book. And 
they proposed that women would group together in packs with other women, mm -hmm. and it was very important to be accepted by the other women because if they were outcast, it would be detrimental to their absolute survival. Definitely, women need to be appreciated by men and supported by men because without that, it was detrimental to their actual survival. Right. That's why women get upset when you say you're going to call and then you don't. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that's why they get upset if, you know, you only call twice a week. You know, they, you know, if you're in a relationship, there's more contact than that. That's why they would like, you know, a good morning text, a good evening text, just little bits of attention here and there so they feel safe. Um, they also need you to be reliable. <laughs> to be what? Reliable. Reliable. You know, it seems like a small thing, but, you know, you have to do, do what you say you're going to do, follow through. And if you can't for whatever reason, you know, instead of being afraid to tell her, instead of just blowing it off and not saying anything because you think she'll be upset, just tell her the truth. Listen, I can't do this right now or I can't do what I said I was going to do. And she'll appreciate at least that you're being honest and she'll know she can trust you and rely on you as opposed to not knowing when you say you're going to do something if you're actually going to follow through. Right, which goes back to paying attention to her. Yes. Um, then we have, of course, loyalty. Because women, most women, they always have their antenna up for signs of cheating or signs that a guy might be interested in other women because they know that, um, you know, women get, uh, guys get, are very interested in women in general. Right. And so... You know, they automatically, you know, assume, let's just say, you know, you said you were going to call her last night at nine. She didn't hear from you till the next morning. Her first thought is, oh, he was cheating. He was with another woman. And maybe you just, you just fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is probably what happened a lot of the time. But, so you have to understand, you know, anything that seems out of the ordinary, that's not supposed to happen. You know, you're an hour late. You're not where you said you were going to be. They're going to be thinking that something's up. And so she needs to know that you are loyal and, uh, and that you are faithful and that she can count on you. Right, that she can count on you. And it goes back to survival. Uh, is he dedicated to her? And also she doesn't want him also having to raise somebody else's child. Uh, okay, understood. Right. And, uh, okay, we talked about, you know, so... Yeah, men taking charge and being masculine, and that means picking her up and uh, pulling out the chair, all those chivalry things, because what happens is, you know, women can switch between male and masculine mode easily, where, you know, men are in masculine mode most of the time, where, you know, but like when we get behind the, uh, um, the driver's seat of a car, we have to go into masculine mode to drive. Right. Right? We can't just be all, la, 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 I'm driving. <laughs> oh, and some some women could get very masculine when they're driving. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be me. I love to drive. So, um, you know, so you have to go into masculine mode. So understand, if you make her drive to the date, when she gets out of the car, that's a man getting out of the car. <laughs> 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 you know? Right. So especially if, you know, she's, because I don't want to have to, like, do my makeup, put on a nice dress, high heels, and then get behind the wheel of a car and drive. Right. You know? Right. We, we want to be picked up, that, you know, you come, I open the door, we get into the driver's seat, we're nice and relaxed, you take care of the driving, you take care, care, care of the parking, getting us to where we need to go, and all that, and she can just be in feminine mode, she's relaxed, and she'll feel better, and if she feels better, then she'll associate that with being with you. Right. And so that's the reason for chivalry, to allow a woman to be a woman. Not that she can't drive to the date or she can't pull out her own chair, of course. But you want her to be in her feminine mode when she deals with you because you feel, feel a lot better. Yes. Allow the woman to be a woman. Oh, that is so critically important. Right. Just like men want to feel like men. And that's when a woman makes a man feel like a man, that's when he's attracted to her. So the same thing. A woman needs to feel like a woman. So true. So those would be my main points. All right. Tell me what you think of uh, my theory. Mm -hmm. I tell men that in order to keep his woman happy, she needs to experience four things in her relationship. Number one, she needs to feel special. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to the attention and loyalty. She needs to feel special, that she's truly special to him. Mm -hmm. Unlike all other women, she is the one. And... 
She wants to be emotionally supported. She wants him to root for her, uh, those kind of things, to believe in her. Number two, she needs to feel a deep emotional connection with her man. She needs to have emotional intimacy with him. Very important. Mm -hmm. Number three, she needs to feel like a woman. She needs to feel feminine, beautiful, and sexy. She needs to enjoy all those things that come with being a woman when she is with her man, which you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And number four, she needs hot, passionate sex. One of the things I tell my man is women are highly sexual creatures. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with this? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to expound on that. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you turn a woman on enough, she will demand that you have sex with her. You know, she will not let you out of the room until you have sex with her. So it's just a matter of turning her on. And therein lies the issue that a lot of guys don't know what to do. They know a little bit, but they don't know how to really turn a woman on. Care to give some inside tips? Okay. All right. <laughs> yes, I was, hope I was hoping you'd ask that. So the first thing it's like I've noticed is that most guys, especially when they're younger, maybe they start to learn as they get older, is they just rush. You know, they're rushing to get to the intercourse part. And you can't do that because, you know, from John Gray, we all know that, you know, men are like blowtorches. They heat up very quickly. And women are like ovens. They take a little longer to get going. So, you know, just because you kissed her uh, for 30 seconds doesn't mean she's ready to have sex. Right. So... She needs a lot more time because, you know what, rushing to intercourse is like a woman rushing to get you to, pr to propose to her. Right. So it feels yucky to men to have a woman, you know, that's trying to rush the relationship along. And so it feels just as bad to women to have guy rushing the sex along to tr hurry up and get to the intercourse part. And, um, you know, guys always say, oh, I'm going to kiss you all over. I'm going to kiss you from head to toe. And I've heard that so many times. And you know how many guys have actually done that? <laughs> None. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, right? No. They all, yeah, they're all full of promises. And then when it gets down to it, it doesn't happen. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. because Or they try. They just, you know, skip along. You know, okay, okay, a little bit here, a little bit there. Okay, let's get to the good part. No. When you say you're going to kiss a woman all over, that means all over. <laughs> <laughs> Start with the toes. Go up the leg, the calf, the back of the knee, the thigh, the front of the thigh, the back of the thigh, the inner thigh, the hip, the butt, the side. <laughs> right. The arm, the underarm, the back, the lower, I mean, everything. And you do that. By the time you do that, she will be so turned on, she'll be ready to go. Yeah. You got to preheat the oven. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, um, you know, kissing is very important because it feels good in her body when she's being kissed, especially during intercourse. And it feels, it, kissing it like goes directly to the genitals for women. I'm probably that way for men too, right? Right. Right. So, you know, you, if you have kiss, I mean, if you're having sex without kissing, then it's probably a booty call. Right. Yeah. Or a woman feels like a booty call if you're not going to kiss her. Right. She does not feel uh, special. Mm -hmm. No. Okay. No, it's like, why, why won't he kiss me? Um, now with all the, uh, internet porn, a lot of guys, especially the younger guys, that's where they're learning about sex. But the problem is, you know, you're not making a porn film and porn sex is different from regular sex because a lot of the positions and moves in porn, they actually do them because of the camera angles. Right. So it looks good on film. It looks good because of the camera angle, but it's not necessarily something that's going to work or something that women want. So, you know, you have to remember, you know, she's not a porn star, unless, of course, she is. And so you can't treat her like that, and you can't just go all out right away. I mean, once she gets excited and you build it up, then you can do a few of those moves, but you can't just go in there thinking that this is like porn sex and you're just going to go for it right away. And you mentioned this, that you want to learn about, you know, being better sexually. Be willing to learn, because a lot of guys, they think they're so great in bed, but unfortunately, they're really not. They might be just so-so, but, uh, you know, the guys, because of their, you know, ego, they think, oh, yeah, I'm the stud, I'm the man, I know what I'm doing. And then, uh, you know, then I hear women talking, they're like, eh, he really didn't know what he was doing. So, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, you need to keep your ego out of it, and you have to be willing to learn either from her or as, um, 
many guys I know, they, they actually, yeah, like you did, studied. A friend of mine, yeah, he got divorced. His wife cheated on him. And he was like, that's it. A woman will never cheat on me again. I'm going to be so good in bed. She's not going anywhere. And so he did what he had to, to learn. So there's no shame. You know, we're not naturally born knowing how to be great in bed. We have the instinct to have sex, but that doesn't mean we actually really know what to do. So there's no shame in uh, upping your game and learning what you need to do. Right. And then finally, you know, eye contact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's an intimate act. So, you know, don't close your eye. I mean, you can once in a while, but if you have your eyes closed the whole time or you're like looking elsewhere, it's like, okay, am I here with you or, you know, where are you? <laughs> are we here together or are you here by yourself? Okay. Now, I have a theory and tell me what you think of this. Okay. I tell men everything is sex, foreplay is sex. All that preheating the oven is sex. <laughs> uh, flirting with her at dinner is sex. Mm. Everything. Everything in preparation for sex is actually sex. Mm -hmm. Well, isn't it, well, isn't it foreplay? Which is a part of sex? Yeah. Because what I would get, I would get guys uh, emailing me and they'd say, okay, so we did foreplay and we did this and then we had sex. And I write them back, I said, dude, foreplay is sex. Then I started thinking, you know what? A lot of things are sex mm. that are not typically considered sex. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, you know what? Everything is sex. Everything that's leading up to sex is sex. Mm -hmm. And sex is a lot of things besides just intercourse. And it was a whole new way of looking at it. And then I started to better understand the dance that goes on between a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. That everything leading up to intercourse mm -hmm. is sex. Right, because for women, it's about how they feel. I mean, if the date went bad, they're not going to feel like having sex. Right, the date is sex. Yeah, so you have to start, yeah, from the minute you pick her up and you open the door and she gets in the car, then you tell her, oh, you look beautiful, and then uh, you're driving, you hold her hand, and then you get to the restaurant, you open her door, you hold her hand as she gets out of the car. Yeah, all that makes her feel uh, attractive and makes her more likely to want to have sex. And that's an example that I use, that when you pick her up and you tell her that she looks beautiful, that's part of sex. Mm -hmm. Basically, you're always doing mental foreplay and sexual escalation. You're always seducing her. And even during intercourse, you're seducing her. So you would agree to that? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Uh, you mentioned one thing, that men need to have an open mind to learn to where his woman might suggest something that he could be a better lover. Mm -hmm. I get married women emailing me saying, mm. how can I tell my husband to buy your stuff? And that is a tough question. How could a woman tell her man <laughs> to buy David Shade's stuff for how to be a better lover? <laughs> you know, that's so tough because I've noticed in my personal dating, whenever i you know, I had an issue with the sex and I tried to say something, it always turned out bad. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, you, it's almost like you can't, it's like, that's like hitting him at his core, at the heart of it. And you have to be so careful how you do it. Yeah. As much as a woman would love to tell her man how he could please her better, it's really tough for her to do. Because the man's supposed to be driving. He's supposed to be leading. He's supposed to know that stuff. Once she tells him what to do and how to do it, it emasculates him, and it makes her the leader, the one who's driving. Well, it depends how she does it. I mean, if she's, uh, you know, if when he's doing something right, she gives positive reinforcement, so she's like, oh, yes, you know, that feels good. Yes, more of that, more of that. So if he pays attention to that and does more of that, and when she's silent, it means don't do that. <laughs> Right. That is a very effective thing. And you mentioned that in one of your podcasts. You call it rewarding good behavior and not rewarding bad behavior. Right. Which goes back to a famous book from a long time ago in animal training called Don't Shoot the Dog. And basically in animal training, you reward good behavior, you don't reward bad behavior, and you end up with a proper behaving animal. Uh, so true. So effective in uh, human training. Or training your man how to be a better lover. Yeah, that's absolutely a very good thing that a woman can do. 
And by doing that, she is leading from a submissive follower position by doing that. Mm-hmm. And she's giving them feedback, which is critically important. Right. Okay. You mentioned internet porn. Oh, my God. One of the mm-hmm. first things I tell men is, quit jacking off the porn. Mm-hmm. It's one of the worst things you can do. Mm-hmm. It is a very bad example of what sex is, and uh, it causes all sorts of terrible psychological problems. Very bad thing. You become desensitized. Yeah. And then how are you supposed to enjoy sex? And then you just objectify women. And how you're supposed to make an emotional connection if you're desensitized to actually feeling something during sex. Yeah. It's just bad in a whole lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I grew up before there was internet porn. And I had to use my imagination. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could go to the the movie theaters they had, the triple X movie theaters. I didn't even have access to that. Oh, okay. I didn't even have access to Playboy magazines. Wow. I had to use my imagination, but because mm-hmm. I used my imagination, of course, I made it very successful. So you had a mm-hmm. great time in yeah. my mind. <laughs> and I realize now what I was doing is I was practicing success. And I tell men, uh, you do that. Do not watch internet porn. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue down with my questions. Okay. What do you tell women to look for when they are selecting a man, when they're... Uh, Considering going out with a man, considering continuing going out with a man, Mm -hmm. what are the things that women look for in a man? Well, I mean, obviously the first thing is attraction. They have to be attracted to him. You know, so no matter how good he looks on paper or how successful he is or whatever, or even attractive, if it's not attractive to her, then there's no point. Right. We're assuming that's there. Yeah. And so then I, you know, it's the, how does she feel with him? You know, do you feel good in his presence? And if you, because women, of course, are very intuitive, very into the feelings. So if you don't feel good around him, there's a reason. Now, you may not even know that your subconscious is picking up. And so it's all about how you feel in his presence. If you feel good, go with it. If you don't, then don't. Because so many women, they're trying to like sell themselves to the guy. So they're on a selling campaign. It's like, oh, you know, pick me. Oh, I'm so beautiful. I'm so sexy. And they're not even asking, well, do I even want to him? Do I even want to be with him? How do I feel when I'm with him? I feel terrible, but I feel like I need to get him because of X, Y, Z. So beyond the initial attraction, the most important thing is how do you feel with this person? Because if you're going to be with him for a long time, you want to be feeling good. You don't want to be miserable or feeling bad with someone long term. Otherwise, what's the point? Okay. How does she feel with him? So she's making an emotional decision. And what I have seen all too often is women will get with what I call a bad boy Mm. who makes her feel very feminine and beautiful and sexy, makes her feel Mm -hmm. all those womanly things. And the sex is really hot. In fact, it's so good, it's addictive. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't feel special. Uh, She doesn't have a deep emotional connection with him. But that's part of how she feels with him. So that would be, so just because he makes her feel good, but then if she doesn't feel special, then she's not feeling good around him. So that means she's going to have to be secure enough in herself and know herself enough that if she doesn't feel special, it doesn't matter how good the sex is. Right. Well, that's why you shouldn't have sex until you do feel special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which you also talk about in your podcasts. Yes. Take it slow. Get to know him first. Make him prove himself first. All right. And you also mentioned something which basically was the woman should not be feeling needy. She needs to get to a point where she doesn't feel needy, and then she can make wise emotional decisions about how she feels about a guy. Well, you want also, you know, it's not just emotional. You want a combination of logic and emotion. Because just also, again, just because you feel good and he checks all those boxes about feeling good, then, okay, logically, is this going to work too? I mean, if he doesn't have any money or if he has, um, you know, a lot of debt or three ex-wives, then, you know, do you want to take on that baggage with him? So it's a combination of both emotional decision and logical. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So there's a lot of things that she looks at and she has to consider in the big picture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, we briefly talked about the man being the man taking charge, leading. Do women like a man to be dominant? Different women can accept different levels of dominance. So while they might 
I like the man to, I prefer the word lead because dominant sounds like, you know, you're my slave and <laughs> I'm dominant over you and you do what I say. So that's always a tricky word to use with women. It's like, hell no, I don't want a dominant man. Yeah, <laughs> it is a tricky word <laughs> because they could see that as being domineering. Right. So we want a leader. So someone that takes charge, like uh, one time when uh, I was in San Diego with this guy I was dating and it was raining, we had a dinner reservation and there was a long line of, of people waiting for cabs and we were going to be late. So he ran out there in the rain and he hailed a cab <laughs> and uh, we got there in time. And it's like, that's great. You know, that's showing leadership as opposed to, well, we'll just stand here in line and wait for the next cab. <laughs> Good. He went out there and he took charge and he made things happen. Right. So that's what I mean by being dominant and being a leader. So, you know, it's about making things happen. It's not about being dominant over the woman. It's about over the situations. Ah. Aha. Uh -huh. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> All right, I like that. Yes. Dominant, not over the woman, but over the situation. That's right. Ah, uh, I like that. Mm-hmm. A, a woman's not going to mind that. Not at all. We want that. Never mind, we don't mind it. We want it, and we don't respect you if you can't. It's like, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to have to do that. We don't want to have to, you know, if there's like an issue, that you know, if there's a fight um, or whatever, some guy's bothering us, you know, can we take care of it? Yeah, we can tell him off, but why do we have to do it if you're there? You know, this is very helpful to me. This is very helpful. And even in sex, when the man is dominant over the woman, He's not necessarily being dominant over her. He's being dominant over the situation. That's right. I like this. <laughs> it sounds like you learned something today. <laughs> I learned something all the... Every time I talk to somebody, I learn something. Oh, good. I am insatiably curious, and i always looking to learn, and I really like this. And that is going to be much more palatable to a woman, mm -hmm. where he said, I'm not going to be dominant over you. I'm going to be dominant over the situation of us having sex. She is going to be great with that. Right. I love it. Mm-hmm. Or just in asking, or just whatever. I mean, one time I was with, with a friend at a restaurant, we were um, at a reservation, and we'd already been waiting like 40 minutes, and we were starving. And, and so the waitress walked by, and I had to take charge. I'm like, excuse me, but we've been waiting 40 minutes. And so we finally sat down. You know, whereas, come on, you're the man. <laughs> he should have taken care of that. Yeah, he, he should have. Uh, that's very true. Yeah, he absolutely should have. It's not the woman's job to make sure that they get served. No. He asked you out. He picked the restaurant. He needs to make sure that stuff happens. Right. You're supposed to just go along for the ride and enjoy it. Right. Be dominant about the situation. If something's not working, take charge and fix it. And she's, she, you know, she shouldn't worry, as they used to say in the old days, her pretty little head over it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's not her job to worry about stuff. It's her job to be pretty. <laughs> I love it. That's exactly how it should be. God. Oh, God. If women hear this, they're going to go, what? Feminism. I mean, that doesn't mean, you know, in the workplace that women can't be, you know, leaders and in charge. But in their personal life, they want the man to lead. And why do I have to worry about Things like, you know, wondering when we're going to eat or are we going to get a cab on time. It's like, you know what? You take care of that and I'll just sit here and uh, file my nails. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good. Dominant over the situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I got a really good piece of nugget of information from one of your podcasts. You said that men don't necessarily want to be loved. They want to be respected. Well, they want to be loved, but they for, first and foremost want to be respected. And when you respect them, that's when they feel loved. That's how they feel loved, the fact that you respect them. Ah. I've heard people say when a woman has sex with her man, he feels loved. Well, that's true, too, because in our society, men are taught that winners get sex and losers don't. And they know that women aren't just jumping into bed uh, with men left and right. And if, if they choose to have sex with him, that means they, they like him. And so that's why um, you guys get upset if you don't have sex with them because it's like, oh, well, she must not like me because she won't have sex with me. But no, actually, it's the opposite. If she really likes you, she doesn't want to have sex with you right away because she wants you to get to know her and like her because she already likes you. So she wants to make sure that you like her. Yes, very true. 
And I've always also talked about women having sex with a man the very first day that she learns of his existence. The man needs to understand that she has already made the conscious decision to have less respect for him because she has selected him as Mr. Right now. He's not a good enough for Mr. Right. That's true. Yeah, if a woman's willing to have sex with you right away, most of the time it's because she's not thinking long-term with you. Okay, but I do agree that men absolutely want to be respected. That is so critically important to men. Mm -hmm. And men earn that respect. It's the man's job to earn that respect. But that is absolutely true that a man needs to feel respected. Yes, and a lot of times women don't even realize they're respect, disrespecting a guy. And then that's where the problems start because a lot of time, because women are not socialized to empathize with men because they're mainly raised by women. So they understand women's issues. They don't understand men's issues. And so they end up uh, unknowingly disrespecting a guy and then he pulls away and she doesn't know what happened. And then you have this miscommunication and that's where problems start. So guys need to understand a lot of times when she's disrespecting you, she doesn't even realize it. Um, I mean, I was talking to a guy and uh, I said, I don't even remember what I said. He's like, you're talking down to me. And I'm like, I am? I said, I I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't realize it. So, but that's good. You know what? I'm glad that he was honest as opposed to just, you know, going off and sulking and thinking, well, I never want to talk to her again. It's like, okay, if, if you feel that I'm talking down to you, let me know. So he was letting you know what he felt about the situation. Yeah. Okay. Understood. Yeah, which is refreshing. Okay. He was giving you honest feedback. He was being honest. Right. Uh, he wasn't putting up with it. Yeah, I'm not even sure what he wasn't putting up with because I don't remember what I said. <laughs> ah, ah. Okay, uh, understood, understood. And one last question for you because I've already kept you over an hour. This has gone by way too fast. It's been so much fun. Yeah. Another thing that you mentioned in one of your podcasts, which I found very interesting to hear. Thank you. Is when you were talking to women about looking for a good man. You quoted a famous quote from Einstein, which basically goes back to the law of attraction. Yes. All right. So you are a big subscriber to the <laughs> law of attraction. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, which I absolutely agree with. And okay. it, was, it was very interesting to hear you discuss that in your podcast. And I'm happy to see you talking to your clients about that. That is so true that you are going to match the kind of energy that you put out. If you have a bad attitude about the opposite sex or about relationships, you're going to have bad luck with the opposite sex and with relationships. When you have a good attitude toward good energy, you're going to attract good energy. Yes. And, I mean, that podcast, by the way, is called, you know, How Einstein Can Help You With Your Love Life, and it was directed to both men and women. And the quote you're referring to is, Everything is energy, and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. Ooh, you have memorized that many times. N no, I'm reading it. I'm not that good. <laughs> I wish. It's on the screen in front of you. Uh, yes, I quickly brought it up. <laughs> uh, that is so very true. So very true. Uh, and so very powerful. Yeah. So if you're always complaining about the opposite sex, well, men are always like this and women are always like that. Well, guess what? That's what you're going to get. So that's why you need to really be careful about the things you say and even the things you tell yourself and things you feel because you're just going to keep bringing that up in your experience over and over. And then you're going to wonder why does this keep happening? You know, it's like the same, you know, we keep dating the same person over and over, you know, different faces, different places, but the same person. So until we change, our frequency, as Einstein said, we're going to keep getting the same reality. So very true. So very true. Well, there are lots of things I can quote from your podcasts. I would tell men, go to your website, watch the podcast. All right. I've kept you over an hour here. The time has gone by very fast. This is a lot of fun. Are there any other things that you wanted to convey in this interview? Yeah. I mean, it's going to sound cliche, but... It's, at the end of the day, it's about communication. It's about talking. If there's an issue, you have to talk about it because she may not know, 
that there's something going on, instead of getting upset and maybe even like ending the relationship without saying anything, you know, why not? Because there's always two sides to every story. So why not communicate? You know, there's no shame in saying, you know, I, I felt this or I thought that. And that's the secret to a long-lasting relationship and a long-lasting marriage because you may feel slighted in some way. And, I mean, usually your partner isn't trying to hurt you, isn't trying to slight you. And so it's usually a misunderstanding or miscommunication. So you can't let it build up. You just say it. It's like, just like I told you the story of this guy. He said, hey, you know, you're talking down to me. Oh, I'm sorry. And when I said I'm sorry, I immediately saw the look in his face change. He was like shocked, like I actually took responsibility for it. And, and then that's it. It's, it's gone. It's clear, the air is clear as opposed to resentment is building up and then one day there's a big explosion. You're like, what happened? Well, that's because you're not communicating. If you want to have intimacy, you know, intimacy means into me see. And I can't see into you. <laughs> you're obtuse until you communicate what's going on inside of you. So that's my last piece of advice. You know, I agree with what you said about intimacy because intimacy definitely is about seeing into the other person and being seen completely by the other person. And that's very attractive. It's a very attractive when someone understands you, understands what's going on with you. Oh, so true. And it seems like the holy grail to look for. Yes, especially when they understand you without you really even have to say anything. But even if they understand you because they listen and they pay attention, that's very attractive. Remember, a friend of mine, um, I was out with him, and this, other, this guy was trying to pick me up. <laughs> And he said to this guy, you know what, don't even bother, you're not her type. <laughs> and, you know, like he didn't really necessarily know what my type was, but I was like, wow, he understands me. He, he knows he's not my type. And that was very attractive. Mm, very good. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you, Lucia, for speaking with us today. It's been a lot of fun. Tell us again about your website. I want guys to go check out your website. Right. Well, these podcasts you keep mentioning, <laughs> which you love, and I'm glad for that. Thank you. It's uh, theartoflove.net, and uh, there's the link to the podcast there and also to the uh, radio show, some of the radio shows that I did for five years. There's also the link to the Cougar Club, which I mentioned. That's a whole other separate site by itself, and uh, I have a very popular Facebook page for the Cougar Club, which has almost 300,000 people on it, and that's... Um, Facebook.com slash older is better. So if you're into that, check that out. I also offer coaching on theartoflove.net. And uh, I have a book, The Chia's Lessons of Love, and a bunch of other stuff. So check it out. What's the name of the book again? The Chia's Lessons of Love. Thank you very much for speaking with us today, Lucia. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you.